Welcome to the Trouble with the Snap podcast. I am Tyler Hayward. Uh, be sure to like the Facebook page, comment on the Facebook page, and of course, share the content on the Facebook page. You can find us also on Anchor Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, there you can go back. You can listen to our last show where we kind of put a bow on Michigan State's basketball season. Um, be sure to check out the show tomorrow for Michigan State tight end Jay Green's going to break down the spring game, the uh, the position battles, how you replace a guy like Kenneth Walker and all that type of stuff. Um, so we'll be doing that tomorrow. We'll turn our attention to football. Um, like I said, uh, you know, I broke down uh, the season for Michigan State, kind of anticipating what it looks like in the future for the Spartan basketball team um, as early as next season. Gabe Brown no longer with the program. And so I said on the show a couple days ago that, look, Michigan State's got to hit the transfer portal. You have two scholarship players coming in, Trayvon Holloman and Jackson Kohler. You've got to go after us. You have to get a wing out of that group, and you got to get a center who can at least spell marble, if not start over him. Uh, Michigan State already, according to Justin Thin, the 24-7, I believe a 24-7, but uh, our, according to Justin Thin, Michigan State already in contact with a top five, with pretty much a consensus top five transfer portal person, and that is a guy, Jalen Bridges from West Virginia. Now, here's the situation. Typically, for these types of shows, you know, people get, oh, I'm going to go get Justin on, who's probably read the stats and has seen a couple highlight reels, maybe watched one West Virginia game all year long. Me, I, went, I decided to go a different route. I decided to get somebody who watches every West Virginia game. And this family to me, literally, this is my uncle. Um, but Doug Hayward is with us. Doug, hey, thank you for coming on. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah, so th- this is the deal. Look, I don't watch West Virginia basketball. I know I hear you talk about them all the time. Um, and so when I asked you, I kind of gave you a rundown of like what we're going to do. We're, we're just going to break down this kid's game because Big 12 and like the Big 10 is obviously the preeminent, at least regular season conference in the nation. Obviously, they haven't won a title in 22 years, had an opportunity two years ago, but COVID hit with uh, Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman. But as far as regular season goes, you sit there, you look at the uh, – pre-conference play records the Big Ten's just dominated the last two years you look at uh just how they beat each other up during the course of the regular season um like it is the dominant conference so that that's where a lot of eyes ultimately are especially when you have guys like Jaden Ivey you have two of the four Naismith finalists from the Big Ten conference the Big 12 doesn't get a lot of love around here to be completely honest and so I want you to break down this kid's game a little bit. He's, uh, I know he's a six, seven kid, so he's obviously going to come in. I don't know if he's going to replace a guy like Jay, if he's going to bump Jay Nakins from a starting lineup just because he looked like he got a ton better throughout the course of this season. But he he's in that conversation, I think, right away to start with Max Christie on the wing. Yeah, so Jalen Bridges has um, – he might be 6'7", but he's got a wingspan way bigger than 6'7". Um, the Big 12 as a conference has turned into 
um, a defensive conference. Uh, they they get physical. Uh, if w- watching Big Ten games and watching Big Twelve games, um, there there is a lot more physicality that is allowed by the referees in the Big Twelve um, than you see in the Big Ten, and so the teams have adjusted their play to that. Um, if you if you wanted perfect example of it, uh, watch the Wisconsin Iowa State game um, in the in the tournament uh, this last weekend. Uh, they are they are they get in every single every team gets in every single passing lane. They want guys with big wingspans that can get their hands up and get their arms out. Jim or anything Bridges, Texas Tech. <laughs> yeah, any yeah or any yeah well, Texas Tech game and and prepare to be mauled by seven guys even though they've got five on the floor. <laughs> Um, they, so everybody's kind of gone to that. And I mean, it, it started way back with, you know, even when press Virginia got really popular. And, um, if you look for, for a great example, um, look at, look at Trey Young's stats against West Virginia, um, you know, before he went to the NBA and he never scored Jack's diddly against West Virginia because, they allow them to be physical. They had guys that would get in his face and stay there from the second he crossed the half court line. And that's the mentality in the Big 12. So that's Jalen Bridges. That's kind of his upbringing. Um, he can defend every position on the floor, uh, except for maybe a, like a big dominant five. Um, you got a kid that's 6'11, 270. He's going to struggle. You know, that's the world. Yes. Right, right. But. I mean, anybody else, I mean, it doesn't matter if he's the quickest point guard in the planet um, or whoever else you put out there. Jalen Bridges is, is shut down. Uh, you, if you look over the last season, when he's on the floor, look at who he's guarding. Did that guy score? Nope. <laughs> just he, he just he has a way of being in the guy's face. Now, the the. The good thing about he he runs the floor very well. Um, West Virginia doesn't play transition basketball. Michigan State wants to score, you know, a significant amount of their points in transition. West Virginia was more play good hard defense and then go down and set up your half court. So Jalen actually is better in transition than he is in half court offense. Um, he in transition he flies to the to the rim. He can get up. Um, his, his point, you asked me, I know before the podcast about his 22 point games that he had his 22 point games, he can shoot the three. He is actually an excellent three point shooter. In fact, it, it was always, you know, even, um, Huggins was always saying, uh, you know, after the game, I need to get Jalen Bridges to shoot more threes. He needs, and, and he had a green light. He just wouldn't take the shots. And, but, and when he did take the shots, those were his 22 point games. Cause when he's out there, he can nail the three, but when he's in transition, he's deadly. Um, he just, he gets where he needs to go. Now, that being said, um, his hit all through the season, the last two years, um, every announcer, every person that's talked to Huggins after the game or even pregame, um, you know, talks and everything, they always ask about Jalen Bridges and Jalen Bridges is that guy that has unlimited upside, great potential and never seems to get to it. Uh, that's a concern. He, he, when you look at his, what he's able to accomplish when he's on fire, when you look at his stats, when you look at his wingspan, you look at the way he plays defense, he should be, he should have been more of a 22 point every single game score. 
He really and, – and Huggins even said that through the season. I need J.B. to be my third 20-point guy. They had two 20-point guys, um, you know, in McNeil um, and, you know, their shooters that they had. But they needed that third guy, and the third guy that he kept pointing to was, I need Jalen Bridges to score. I need him to be my third 20-point guy. And he just – he did it sometimes, and other times he didn't. And it, it was just like he was tentative on offense. When he gets into traffic – when he's in transition, he's great. But when he gets into traffic where it's got to be physical inside, around the rim, you know, laying it in, um, I, I can't even tell you how many layups he missed this year. He just he tries to avoid contact instead of playing through the contact and then scoring. Um, he just isn't an and one guy around the basket. Um, he has the ability to be that if he, you know, if he had his mindset right, but it's just like he always kind of held back and then tried to avoid contact rather than just going through it and scoring. And, and Huggins would even talk about that. You know, I need JB to be, you know, be a little bit more physical when he goes, you know, up to the rim, but he just never, he always seemed to pull back. Like he was, I don't know, like, I don't know if it's a fear thing or a men. Um, he'd have to get that part of his game better because he can get to the rim. Um, he's quick. He can get around people. Um, in transition, he flies. I mean, he just, he really does come down the court um, hard, but he just needs to get more physical around the rim and, and score instead of, you know, laying it off the backboard in the rim and letting the other team rebound it. Um, he just has to get better that way. And he just needs to get more confident uh, about shooting his three. Um, well, he, well, let me ask you this with uh... a good three point shooter. Well, well, let me yeah, ask you this. With Obviously, Tom Izzo is a completely different style coach than a lot of people are accustomed to seeing now. Um, when you look at what he is, like everyone's like, oh, he wants to get on a run, he wants to get on a run. And obviously that sounds like it's going to fit, you know, a, a bridges for the second time in Izzo's career just fine. But as far as his – offense goes you know you said West Virginia was like slow down and then they'll get into their sets after uh you know a made basket or something like that um Izzo's sets are about as old school as for the most part when you look at what other teams are doing in their half court offense obviously like I said he likes to open it up on the break make or miss for the other team but then with uh with uh, the half-court stuff, it's just old school. How, how, how does Bridges fit into that type of system? So, if, if Bridges if Bridges has to go, um, you know, honestly, he has the potential to be literally the best wing on the floor uh, against any team. He really does. Um, you know, announcer after announcer that followed the big the Big 12 um, and the Big 12 has, uh, you know, their contract with ESPN Plus. So these are a lot of ESPN2 and ESPN guys that, you know, were calling our games. But they would always comment about Bridges is that he just he has the ability to be the best, you know, one of the best players on the floor and definitely the best wing on the floor. Um, he, he like I said, he can score. He can play defense. He shuts people down. Um, if he has to switch to a point guard, um, the point guard isn't going to blow by him. That that doesn't happen um, with him. So um, the teams wouldn't create mismatches where they would get a guy with the ball on Jalen's from a defensive standpoint. Offensively, though, in the set with old school, 
Um, the biggest thing for him is he is better on the move than he is standing still. He just has to be moving and he has to be going to the basket. The, the thing that needs to change for him, I think, for him to be, if he were to go to Michigan State, he do at West Virginia. He's just got to get better when he's 10 foot and in at the rim. Um, he just has to get better with the physical contact. He's got to get better with being able to finish, you know, when he's at the rim. Uh, and, and that's what was, was honestly perplexing about his two years that, you know, that he really started and played a significant amount of minutes, especially this year with West Virginia. It was just perplexing about his inability to finish at the rim with all the physical tools he had. So that's why everybody always said, man, the potential on this kid is huge and, and Hugs loves him. Uh, Huggins absolutely loved JB and, you know, wanted him to do well and wanted him to perform well. And when he did have 22 point games, you know, Hugs would say, that's the JB I want to see. But he just wouldn't he wouldn't bring it every game like that. Defensively, yes, he's a pit bull. But um, offensively, he just he gets tentative around the rim. And at six, seven, when you're a wing, you can't be like that. If you get a mismatch and you can go to the go to the you know go to the rim, you've got to be able to go to the rim and finish. And and that's I don't I think his I think Izzo's coaching style compared to Hugs isn't going to bother JB. Um, he's he's going to understand exactly um, what Izzo is asking him if he ends up going there. Um, he would I think he would be an even better rebounder than than he was in Izzo's system. Um, I think he'd be definite asset rebounding the ball. Um, he can get up. He can get up and he can take the ball away from people. Um, it's just, man, I wish he would just w- finally realize his potential when he's 10-footed in and when he's finishing at the rim. And and maybe maybe if he goes to Michigan State, Izzo can get that out of him. Um, but that seems to be the biggest, you know, the negative thing on him is that, man, all this potential can't live up to it. And I know you and I have talked a lot about MSU basketball, and it seems like we talk about a lot of MSU players that are like that. All this potential, not living up to it. Um, I would hate to see JB come into Michigan State and be that same kid that's like, all this potential, not living up to it. <laughs> that would be bad. Um, but he, he does. He does have the potential to be, to be a very dominant player and to be a very good player for anybody he goes to. Yeah, and I mean, you've talked about that length, you've talked about all that type of stuff, just the potential of uh, him lining up with Christie and Hogard, or as far as like a defensive perimeter, if Christie can get his legs under him a little bit more than he did this year, like that that's what really excites me because, you know, defense and rebounding was the issue. I mean, Michigan State was like one of the top teams in the nation in regards to defensive three-point field goal percentage. So that's a lot on the guards, but I, I think to have that and to be able to cut off those driving lanes with, you know, three guys who are bigger and longer than, you know, your prototypical uh, even power five basketball team, like on the all on the perimeter, just, I, I mean, I there's a lot of potential in that concept. Um, now, yeah, I, I what? Would like to see, I would Sorry, like no, I'd like to see JB's deflection rate. Um, when he was on the floor, um, there was a lot of passes that got deflected out of bounds by him. Um, that's a big that's a big thing for for West Virginia basketball. They they actually track, keep, and, and make a big deal about deflections. How, how how often we were in the passing lane, and how often did the pass not go where the guy was throwing it? And uh, 
there were two guys that came up in every single conversation when you talk deflections um, at West Virginia, and it was JB and it was Gable Saboyan, who was the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. Those are the two guys in the conversation. So he can play at that level in, in terms of like filling passing lanes and defensively. So yeah, he would, I think he would definitely up what happens on the defensive side for, for Michigan state when he's on the court. Yeah. Michigan state needs that too. They were, they try to run like a no middle defense and we saw how easily Duke got to that area. Um, right. Right. But I mean, again, a uh, couple improvements from Hogard. uh, and I think uh, Christy getting his legs under him, those, those two things I think would uh, be absolutely huge in cutting that off. If Bridges decides not to come to East Lansing, but here, here's the deal. All right, I'm going to break it down for everybody. Right now, Doug is on international waters. He is <laughs> not surrounding himself with all the typical uh, – stuff I'm assuming that he normally does regarding West Virginia athletics. Who else is talking to this kid? Um, okay, so uh, from what I understand, um, from where from where he would end up going, um, as crazy as it seems, there have been a lot of Big 12, uh, there's been a lot of Big 12 transfers that have stayed in the Big 12 and changed teams. Um, it would not surprise me um, in the least if he ended up um, if he ended up be, if he was actually being looked at by somebody like a Texas Tech or um, I know Oklahoma State just got a brand new coach. Uh, that would be a possibility for him um, just because of, of, of his performance against other Big 12 teams. Um, he knows, he, he knows the way that those games are called and trust me watching Michigan state basketball as I do as a fan and watching West Virginia. Um, yeah, those, those, uh, the referees from each of those leagues are not interchangeable. (laughs) Entirely different. So, um, so that I, I, I could see him, I could see him going to a team that values, um, being physical on defense and being quick and, definitely likes to push the ball. Like if any, any team that's out there that their, their big thing is we want guys flying down the court. We want to push the ball. We want to advance it as fast as we possibly can. Um, that's who, that's who he would, that's his best fit. That's what is where he would be a, an amazing addition to a team like that, that really pushes the ball up the court hard. Well, um, to me, that sounds like Michigan state. Um well, it, I honestly, it does. It, it was kind of funny because when you when you asked me about him going to state, I was like, that. I mean, that's that's where he lives. I mean, it really playing hard defense, getting to the boards. Um, you know, if, if he's told to crash the boards, he's beating people up to get there. Um, and and he's and he will. I mean, he'll get there. He'll get. He gets his share of rebounds. Um, he he out rebounded some guys in the Big Twelve that were like you know defensive rebound machines. And you look at the end of the game and, you know, they've got five rebounds. He's got seven. Um, he just, cause he just, he, he's like, he's like that. And he said, pushing the ball um, in transition, that's, that's where he lives and breathes. And, and really that's where West Virginia doesn't do as much as that as Michigan state. So he might even be a little bit better fit there. But like I said, you can have the ball in your hands, but when you, when you're driving down the court and somebody gives you that ball, and uh, you're three feet away, and all you got to do is put it off the backboard. He's got to score. He's got to finish. And man, did right. he struggle finish. 
All right, so uh, the weather's getting a little dicey here, if you can't tell. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to ask you real quick. Give me, give me a percentage he lands in East Lansing. I know you're not I, an insider, would, but I would say probably right now. I mean, if he were if he were to make a good decision, just because he's he's used to the coaching style that the old school kind of coaching style that Izzo and, and Huggins are going to bring. So he that's he's going to be used to that type of coaching style. Um, I would say it's probably it's not. It's not huge, but I, I think it's probably over 50%. It's probably 60 oh, wow. to 70% that he ends up at Michigan State. But I think it's over 50, but probably not much. Um, I'm sure he's looking and getting, like I said, a lot of interest. Um, but, but like everybody says, when you look at the kid, you look at what he does, you see his tape, the potential that he has is just, there. There's there's no ceiling for him. He really could be that dominant. He just has to get um, his mind right when it when it comes to getting around the rim and, and driving to the rim and things. Yeah. All right, yeah, obviously that would be a huge gift for Tom Izzo. Look, I like over 50% this early in the process, um, given the fact the season ended for Michigan State a couple days ago. So, you know, uh, Will obviously, like I said, for – um, listener for our regular listeners, uh, you know we're going to cover all this, going to cover any other uh, transfers Michigan State's looking at. Like I said, um, be on the lookout for one more center in the pool. Um, you know, potentially a replace a replacement for Bingham or a backup for Marble, just because maybe Soko just doesn't seem ready quite yet. So, like I said, we'll break all of that down. Um, could potentially go the route of a four. Um, depending on where you want to play Jackson Kohler, uh, the incoming freshman. Um, tomorrow, Jay Green's going to be on. He's going to be talking about uh, some of the position battles for spring football that we're going to be looking at. Um, he's taking time out of his schedule. Much like Doug took time out of a cruise to come on and talk West Virginia. That's how much, <laughs> it lo- that's how much he loves it. So uh, that's how much he follows it. So that's why I thought no better person to have on uh, than him. Hey, why don't you uh, go ahead and enjoy the rest of your vacation. Thank you for coming on. Sure. Thank you very much. You got. You yeah. have a great rest of the day. That's Doug Hayward. I'm Tyler Hayward. This was The Trouble with the Snap.